us for the very first time. Super excited that you are with us. Today's reading is Romans chapter 1, verses 16 till 17. Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 16 uh, till 17. Uh, if you can as well, later on we're going to need this. So there's a, a song by Ndolo Zambambo called Lomkengi Ungubani Now. If you can't Google that song now, we're going to need it later on. Uh, it just has five lines in it. It's going to be super helpful for me um, later on in our sermon. So uh, I can spell it for you um, if you're wondering how to spell it. L-O-M-H-L-E-N-G-I. Um, I'll repeat that. L-O-M-H-L-E-N-G-I. I'm saying, uh, and it will, it will come up there. And just before I read for us, uh, in fact, you can go check out uh, an article on the Gospel Coalition Africa just explaining what dilemma is. Uh, it's, it's a really helpful article. So whenever you have time, please go check it out on the Gospel Coalition Africa. Let me read uh, Romans chapter 1, 16 till 17, and then I'll pray for us and we'll get into God's word this evening. And it reads as follows, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Father, thank you for being with us throughout this evening, and we ask that you be with us now as you speak to us through your word. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Man, a couple of uh, years ago, one of these um, SABC2 gospel shows, there was this girl who was asked what uh, worship is, um, and her answer was that worship is Rebecca Malupe's music. Um, and, and that's really a common answer, um, even among Christians. When you would ask what worship is, we would tend to reduce it to a style of music or a genre, and it's probably the genre that we sing um, on Sunday in our services, or maybe when you're going to work and you're listening to Hillsong Elevation, uh, people would reduce worship to a style of music um, or genre. And I think uh, we would be doing worship at the service if we would reduce it to just a style of music. In fact, listen to what American theologian and pastor John Piper describes as worship. A quote, he says, True worship is a or a treasuring of God above all things. I'll repeat that again. Uh, uh, true worship is a valuing or a treasuring of God above all things. If we're at a charismatic church, there'd be a guy at the back who just shouts, That's great! <laughs> Hallelujah! And that is actually what true worship is. Uh, Worship is everything that we do, everything that we think about, everything that we say. Worship is all-encompassing. It is not just a style of music. Can we worship through music? Yes, we can. But worship is more than music. In fact, I'll paraphrase a couple of verses for us. Uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says, Everything is created by God and for God. So everything you included, your job, your dreams, your aspirations, your relationships, all of that is created by God, for God. 
Uh, in fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 31, Paul says, uh, whether you eat or drink or whatever it is that you do, do all of that to the glory of the God who created you. Romans chapter 12, verses 1, and I'll paraphrase, uh, it says that we should give our bodies as living sacrifices, all of our limbs, our eyes, our hands, our feet, our mouth, our ears, David Gobedi's big head, all of it, all of it, as a living sacrifice, pleasing and holy to God, and that is your act of worship. So worship, church, is all-encompassing. It is not just a style of music, although we can worship through music. The question is, then, if worship is all-encompassing, who are you worshiping? That is really the heart of the matter. Who are you worshiping? Are you worshiping the inventor or are you worshiping the invention? Are you worshiping the creator or are you worshiping creation? Who are you worshiping? Because in all things you say, think, or do, you are worshiping. I would pray and hope that as we sit here this evening, we all want to worship the true and one and only creator God. I would hope and pray that we want to worship the inventor instead of the invention. And if that is true of us, at the heart of that worship has to be the gospel. At the heart of true worship that is focused on God has to be the good news about what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. That has to be the center. That has to be what drives our worship. That has to be the heartbeat of our worship. This evening, we have chosen the act of singing as our form of worship to God. And everything that we sang today, at the heart of it, is the gospel. It's driven by the gospel. It's centered in the gospel. And I'll flesh out later what this gospel is because that's really the heart of what should be driving us in all our worship. There's a famous quote that's normally attributed to Augustine. Uh, Augustine was one of the early African church fathers. Uh, people debate that he said it, others say he didn't say it. But, but, but here's what the quote says. Uh, Augustine says, he who sings praises twice. He who sings praises twice. And and, and what he's saying is that there's a way in which music, even as we come together and sing together, music can open chambers in our hearts that, that cause our entire being to be engaged in that act of worship. When we are truthfully singing, and by truthfully I mean we are singing truth, number one, But secondly, our hearts and our minds are earnestly engaged as we're singing. When we are singing truthfully, then all of us is engaged. Our entire being is engaged. We are praying twice. We normally joke that white people can't dance. And I want to argue that before Jesus, that's true. But after Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, singing songs that are gospel-filled. White person, you are dancing, you just don't know what it's called. Even this right here. That is worship driven 
by truth. Worship that has your hearts and mind entirely engaged. And music can do that to our hearts. But again, what informs that worship? It has to be the gospel of God through Christ. I want to zoom in into this gospel as we close so that we can continue singing to our God. If you have Googled that song, the song, I love it, it's just five lines, but it really explains what this gospel is. This gospel that I want to, to, to speak about this evening so that it captures our hearts. So that when we continue singing, we can have our eyes focused to God. Not that we hadn't, but that even after this, as we get into our cars and drive, that's an act of worship that this gospel will still be informing how we drive, how we speak, what we do tomorrow, how we spend our money, the relationships that we're in, that it will be informed by the good news of what God has done through Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen to the first line of the song. It says, Translated, who is this redeemer? And so that question really has an implication. If there is a redeemer, that means there's some redeeming that needs to be done. There's redemption that needs to be done. And what is is this redemption? Well, it's the redemption of of criminals like us, rebels who turned our backs against the one who created us, who created us to worship him, but we turned our backs, shook our fists in his face, and we worshipped ourselves and everything else but this God. And that's what this redemption is. This redeemer redeems us from what captured us when we turned our backs against God. And that is sin and death. Whether you want to believe it or not, but you were born a slave to sin. You were born a slave to death because you have turned your back against the one and true inventor, the one and true creator. And so this redeemer has to come, redeem you, legally buy you back. So that you can do exactly what you were created to do. And that is to worship this one and true creator. Listen to the answer. Have you ever seen a status that is all caps? Or read a sentence with three exclamation marks at the end? Where you feel like the person is screaming at you? that they're very convicted about what they're saying. There's no doubt in their minds. That's the tone that is in this answer. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. There is no other. Who is this redeemer? It is Jesus. It's not your mother. It's not your grandmother's faithfulness that you went to church and you believe that's going to redeem you. It's not your money. It's not your career. It's not your spouse. It's not anything else in this world but Jesus and Jesus alone. That's the only redeemer that can redeem us from sin and from death. That's the third line. And the question is asking, what did he do? What are the mechanics of this redemption? How does it work? Listen to the answer. Wafa. He descended and he died. Jesus 
who was in heaven eternally with the Father and Spirit, left his glory, his majesty, his mighty, his might, and he came down, became like one of us, humbled himself, walked the dusty streets of Palestine, breathed the same air that you breathe, suffered, lived the perfect life that we all fail to live. Besawafa. He died on your place. He died in my place. Our rebellion against God deserved nothing else but hell. Our rebellion against God deserved nothing else but God's eternal judgment. I don't know how much I weigh. Probably 80 kg, I think. So if you go against me, you're going to get an 80 kg punch in your face. If you go against an eternal God, a cosmic God, a universal God, his judgment is eternal. It's universal. It's cosmic. That's what we deserved. But Lomhlengi Wafa, he took it upon his shoulders so that you don't take it. Because you could never bear it. I could never bear it. But this Redeemer took it upon his shoulders so that he can redeem us from sin and death, from our foolishness of thinking that we can worship ourselves, from our foolishness of thinking that we can worship created things as opposed to worshiping the one who has designed us for himself. Listen to the fourth line, Upi Namsa. Where is he today? Will I live in this world where I'm still struggling with the residue of my sin? Is this redemption really true? If he did come and he did die and you say he's rescued me from my sin and he's rescued me from death, but I still struggle with sin, where is he today? Listen to the answer. Wavuga. He rose from the grave. He resurrected, proving that he has defeated sin and death once and for all. The final enemy that you and I could have never defeated, death, he conquered and he rose from the grave, proving exactly that, that he has conquered it on your behalf. He's risen. He's not dead. His bones are not somewhere in Palestine. We don't worship a God who is dead, but we worship a God who has risen from the grave and he has the keys to life. That's the Jesus that we worship. That's this Redeemer. And the last line says, It's not that he's waiting for us in heaven. But he's our advocate. He's standing for us. He's advocating on our behalf before the throne of God. As you struggle with sin, as you struggle with the residue of your sin, you turn to him and he pleads your case day in and day out before God on the throne in heaven. And he says, no, 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 Father, that one is mine. That one opened her tongue and confessed that I am king and Lord of her life. That one bowed his knee. Forgive him, Father. Forgive her, Father. They are mine. He's our advocate. He's our lawyer. He's standing on our behalf in heaven as we sing here 
today. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that he is not ashamed of this truth. This is what will save you. If you are sitting here this evening and you don't believe in this Redeemer, you've probably heard about him. Whether you believe you want redemption or not, it is objective truth that you have rebelled against this God from the day you were born. Today, here's an opportunity for you to give your life to him. Bow the knee, open your tongue. Well, there is time. This Redeemer is calling you. And if you have given your life to him, listen to what Paul says in verses 17, that the righteous shall live by faith. You accessed him by faith. This gift that is given you, you were dead, and so he gave you the gift to believe in him. And he says, continue exercising that gift. Believe in me every single day. Pray to Lomcheng. Pray and give thanks to what he has done for you on that cross. I'm going to close off with this. I want us to sing the song together. Obviously, with no melody, we'll read it back and forth to each other. It's a, it's a call and response, in fact. So if you have it there on your phones, uh, I'll read the first line, and you guys just respond uh, with the answer. Amen. Lomhlengi ungubani na. Wenzani na. Upinamsha. Let's say the last line together. Amen and amen. Let me pray for us as the music team comes back up. Lord, thank you so much that you have not left us to our own devices. Thank you that you have given us Jesus Christ, our one and true Redeemer. There is no other. Pray, Lord, that this may be true in our hearts, that this truth may really inform all our acts of worship, whether we're at school, we're at work, we're at home, whether we're playing, whether we're dealing with our money in our relationships, may this truth of this Redeemer inform how we worship. Lord, I pray for those here who don't have you as their Redeemer, that today you would draw them to yourself, and it may be a beautiful day as heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Father, that as we sing today, we would sing alongside heaven. The sinners give their lives to you. Pray for all of these things in your one and only true and precious name. And that's your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, then our last.